0: If you do something not traditional, particularly from that that country, they would not like you. They they think you're just fucking it up, you know. And and honestly, I didn't want to be like that. Like I don't I I knew the cuisine. I worked in it for many many years with my dad. I understand it. I love it. I love it. I want to respect it, but how can I still have fun with it?
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstack. Australia really is the land of opportunity and a melting pot of just about every culture on earth. Whether you're a first, second or third generation Australian, it is the waves of migration patterns from those new Australians that have created new food movements. Of course, there are other hospitality professionals that simply came to our shores for an opportunity to showcase their own skills and they've enhanced our dining landscape in a really unique way. Chase Kajima is the executive chef of Sokyo, Kiyomi, and Chuka. Chase, how are you going?
0: Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me.
1: Mate, we're uh, stoked to have you on the show. Um, you've uh, made quite an impact on Australia with uh, your food and, and restaurants uh, since you've been here. What, what drove you to come to Australia from San Francisco in the first place?
0: Um, honestly, uh, growing up in America... We don't even know where Australia is <laughs> because Americans, we all just love America so much. Um, but it was, um, uh, I think it was, um, around uh year 99, um, uh, when I was kind of working for the Nobu hospitality group and I was traveling a lot to, uh, let's say duplicate their fantastic restaurants. And, um, and, um, I had this opportunity of uh, um, talking about uh, opening a Japanese restaurant in Australia, in Sydney. And um, again, like, you know, I, I never been to Australia. I had no idea what we're talking about. But because I traveled a lot with Nobu already, I thought I knew a lot about, you know, the different countries. Um, and then um, basically they... I was on a holiday. I was in I was in Tokyo. I was just enjoying my holiday, and they said they'll fly me first class uh, to Sydney and check it out for about a week, and then uh, basically they flew me. Like I, I had to I had to get out of my holiday from Tokyo to Sydney. Uh, I think that was my first time taking first cla- uh, first class too, so that was amazing. But um, once I arrived, they really organized. Um, You know like everything about how um how australia is and uh man like that that first couple of days i I already fell in love with australia like i was like man if i can actually live here and you know can i even can i even do what they want me to do you know so i had to do a tasting and all that but man i I just fell in love and then and yeah I, i i totally wanted to come here after that point
1: do you, can you take us back to that time? Did they take you to different restaurants during that period or around places um, in Sydney?
0: Yeah. So, so again, um, when I was invited here, uh, it was like a, it was like a program where they wanted me to do a tasting of what I can do with Australian produce. But obviously, I never worked with anything. So they they scheduled me to go to the fish market and meet some suppliers, the meat suppliers, and. You know, like they they drove me around like the whole two days, and then let me explore, and then I was able to like kind of taste everything, and I'm just being like kind of blown away from how good these things are, and and then uh, yeah, they took me to um, I think I think um, which restaurants I, I I remember going to Rock uh, Rock Pool, I remember going to Long Grain, I remember they took me to a Japanese restaurant, Toko. Um, but, but a bunch of restaurants but you know like just i was just amazed about a lot of a lot of things like but the the country itself like just the flavors and everything like i was i was still like naive about you know i thought i, I thought i was super good already you know and know a lot of stuff and then it didn't hear, i'm eating all these australian produce uh cooked by certain certain ways and I was getting like really um, pressured.
1: <laughs> well, tell us tell us about Sokyo. I know you have the other venues, and we can get to them uh, soon. But um, it's it's one of the best uh, Japanese uh, experiences in Australia. How do you approach what you offer there?
0: Oh, thank you. Um, well, the so when 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 I was offered to do a restaurant, and you know they said I have all the freedom I can you know create any type of menu um so you know I had about I think nine months to create a Japanese restaurant um you know I I I worked uh with in big restaurants so I knew how to kind of do a big project but um you know they, they basically gave me kind of like what they were looking for like we're gonna be like a two hundred seater, uh, obviously like a fine dining Japanese, which we, we didn't know at the time what we we're gonna be doing, um, you know. Um, so 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 like I, as I as I was creating this new restaurant that I had no idea what I was gonna do, I just I just said yeah 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 I'll do I'll do whatever I want. Um, but during that time, I had to actually eat out more in Sydney to understand what people are looking for and what I actually wanted to cook because obviously I was working for Nobu for many years and you know working at like French restaurants and working for my dad uh, obviously he he's a chef so so like um I didn't know what was my cuisine until that couple of months you know and the restaurant that really shocked me while wow. I was creating Sokyo was Tetsuya's. And when I went to Tetsuya's and I felt, man, these flavors pre- presentation service are uh, absolutely, you know, the best, like it's my, one of my favorite restaurants, but like, I was like really fell in love with the, the, the clean, simple taste, uh, that, that Tetsuya had. And, um, I, I totally wanted to kind of do that kind of restaurant, but in a fun, young way. So so that was basically kind of my approach. Like I wanted to do a young, fun, cool titsia restaurant that everyone can come to. And um and then I went I went on and just just kept testing and trying. And because I, you know, it's a big company that I'm working for, the star, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, procedures that we need to take. Like, okay, um I think I came in January of two thousand ten, and then uh, you know the plan was to open it in around October, November of that same year. Um, but you know, like like February, um, can we do a tasting? March, can we do a tasting? April, can we do a? Can we do a? Can we do an actual like guest and do a tasting with uh, David Chang and? You know I was like super stressed out, like just like time wasn't enough because i I, I was by myself at on this project as a chef and um yeah so and, and again, coming from America, I have zero friends in australia i I don't know how to use their system because I never like actually worked in a uh Australian hotel company um and, and, and you know it was it was just like so much learning. Um, and then, and then a lot of those things that I I was used to using, because, um, you know, um, in America, for example, you can get almost anything. Like if you want this certain peach from Japan or this certain, um, you know, preservative thing. But then where I was like, I would go to the Japanese suppliers and then I'll be like, Hey, can you get this? Can you get that? And they're like, Oh, I never seen this before. Uh, all right, let me try. And, you know, there was a lot of waiting. And, you know, there was a lot of substit- like substituting and then obviously it doesn't taste the same. So I was um, starting to make things on my own. But obviously, you know, like it just things you just can't make. Right. Uh, and then, you know, like months went on and obviously I was able to slowly get these things. And it's it's like a new product. Like even the the suppliers here, they're not big companies. So they're like, hey we need to like kind of lock in that you're going to be buying all these uh within the x amount of time because there's an expiry date on it And i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah no problem no problem um so like a lot of that was a lot of headache you know and um i think i was one of the only first ones who come to the company so early for this new whole mini restaurant opening project so like for example like even like a like green tape, like uh, painter's tape that you would use to label your containers wasn't even set up in the system. So I'm just like, freaking out, like, where can I get this dumb tape? Like, should I just use a masking tape? You know, like, but then like, like, I have a particular thing about color and size. And you know, like, I need a sharpie if I if I'm labeling stuff, like, these are normal things that you're supposed to have in the kitchen that you know, like, like, it, it was just hard. Like, all these things were super hard for me. And then, you know, later on, like, after a couple of months later, after everything's set up with all the hard work, all the new chefs will come and, you know, it's already set up for them. So I'm just like, dude, you don't even know what I've been through. <laughs> that That green tape is like, freaking gold like don't waste it you know like don't start taping stuff to stick things on the wall like this is this is labeling only you know like (laughs) yeah 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 and then you better order before we run out and like just just i I was a bit anal about these things yeah yeah so i'm 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 happy that i was able to learn a lot during that that beginning of the time and then you know uh lucky that you know i have great team that we're able to execute the restaurant really well you know we're open seven days, and you know it's just we're getting a lot of good feedbacks and I'm really, really grateful for that
1: you You did create that restaurant, and Sokio changed um, Japanese dining in Sydney and created one of the best offerings that you could get in the country um What's it feel like now I many years later, having this establishment that's so renowned and and awarded um, and it was you know started from just from you
0: well. You know, I I was 29 when I opened it. Um, you know, like I had a lot of energy and I was just pumped. Like I was really, because it's not like my restaurant. It was it was a team restaurant, and I, I'm I'm leading. I'm I'm in charge of the Japanese side of the the cuisine for this whole big company, and I wanted to make sure you know, like if 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 we're if the bosses are looking to get a michelin star or we call it a, a chef's hat here like that was one of the goals um you know so we we're working really really hard I, again i don't know anyone like i i don't i don't know the reviewers i don't know how it works here so just work hard uh the first year um we were getting like bad not bad reviews but like just standard reviews and and I was getting really angry like I, I was getting angry at myself I was getting angry at my team like what are we doing wrong and um you know like I would re- read the reviews and I would slowly understand like oh these are the things that I've been doing wrong you know like I like I'm a very open-minded person like I don't think I'm always right or anything I I really like to understand um and try to always get better and you know actually the criticism and all these um things that that um that was told to us i i took i took it and i think i was able to uh learn a lot from that um that that process you know so like the first year i worked probably my hardest and then we didn't get anything like we you know all the restaurants that we opened we opened momofuku we opened Uh, a steakhouse an italian restaurant they all got like hats and you know they're all celebrating and the japanese restaurant that we were the busiest honestly we were we were pumping more than everyone but we didn't get this hat that that we were really really trying to get and man i was broken and and i think that really drove me to work that extra hard the following year and we were just like we were we're going to get this this hat like this this hat was just everything to us at that point like we're just like okay we're going to work our ass off to 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 do whatever it takes to to make it to that next level like and then man our restaurant sucked our first year now that i think about it you know and that's that's clearly why i i i i thought it was literally because i was american or something you know like i just thought like man like they don't like americans or something no but no I, we just sucked and then that whole year after we got better, I was, you know, getting more comfortable. Uh, not comfortable, more more confident. And then when we did get the hat, man, it was like the best feeling of the world, like in my life. Like just, just like, crying. Just just for a hat. Like I was just crying with my head, chef or with my sushi. It was it was just amazing. It was just that hard. Like we worked, you know. And we pushed everyone and um now i'm I'm about to cry again, remembering that time, yeah, 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 I respected her so much like it, it was literally like a mission- like it was like a three mission star in my head that time, you know, but um yeah, like it it was great
1: a little a little earlier, you mentioned your dad, who's a renowned chef himself, um can you tell us about your childhood and what food was like in your family
0: um yeah, so My father, he, he's a old school chef and, you know, he, he came, I mean, he trained all uh, in Japan, but he came to America, I think when he was like 23 and he didn't speak a word of English. And then like when he was around 26, he opened this restaurant called Kabuto Sushi. Uh, It was like a Japanese old school restaurant, traditional, and then uh, had like a sushi bar and, um. You Know, like, right away, he was getting recognized being one of the best Japanese restaurants in San Francisco. I think there wasn't much uh, good Japanese restaurants, I think, that time. I actually, there was a lot of Japanese people, but I, I don't know the, the level of what they were doing. And then, um, yeah, like, he he was like totally getting recognized. And then, um, he used to be open very late, like, we'll, we'll keep it open because I, I, I worked there we would keep it open till like 3 a.m. So like, so then a lot of like these fine dining restaurants, chefs and owners would, after they finish work, like, you know, we would finish late, right? Like 12 or even one, they can come to our restaurant and enjoy their time. And that's how we got even more famous, I think. Um, and then they would invite us to their restaurants and, you know like so we would we would be closed I think Monday or Sunday, so then on our day off, we would go to these restaurants that they would invite us, and then he would start to like understand the the fusion you know that time the word fusion was cool right now it's like super sucks, but like that time the, the, that time was like 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 Californian cuisine, and like all these French restaurants just started to use Japanese ingredients, so then on Tuesday. We would get to work early, and then he would start creating these fusion Japanese foods. And, and you know, and then, like, it's, again, our, 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 our restaurants, like, really, like, old-school, local Japanese restaurants. So he would just, like, get some cool paper and just, like, write down the special and just stick it on the wall, you know? And then, and then people would come, and they would order it, and they're like, oh, wow, this is interesting. This is fusion. And then, like, every week we would go to new restaurants you know like we're talking michelin stars right and then on tuesday we would create something and then for the whole week like we'll just keep adding specials so so like for after a couple of years there's like no space on the wall there's like just stickers of these specials all over the wall. it looks freaking ugly but like we had like special hot dishes and special sushis and it was a, it was a cool experience. Like, like naturally working like that, I start creating new things for my dad too. And, you know, and then I'll be in charge of naming it. And, um, and then slowly, like I'll start to, cause I, I was, you know, studying computers too. So I'll start to be able to do some um, Photoshop, cool, cool little menus for my dad. And, and uh, we, we were killing it. Like I thought, I thought we were so good. And then, um, and then at one point my dad like, you gotta leave, like, you, you gotta leave or else you're not gonna get better, so um, and then um, you know, I, I worked in French restaurants I didn't particularly enjoy, I had a, I had a, I had a dream job where it, it was, um, a restaurant called um, oh no, I just forgot now, it's in St. Saint, uh, Saint Helena like in, um, in Napa Valley, uh, damn it! Why is it not coming up? But it's it basically near French Laundry, and then it was a Japanese guy, and he he had an Italian Japanese restaurant, or it was Nobu. And funny enough, like there was a couple of um, head head chefs for Nobu that worked for my dad before, so um, they were able to um, get me in right away to Nobu. Um, I had a choice. I think it was um, Nobu Las Vegas or. Um, forgot which one was the other one it was probably like New York or something like that but I just thought oh Vegas is closer I'll just pick Vegas uh, and they wanted me to put two like one of the best chefs for Nobu at the time and that was that was pretty tough <laughs> yeah
1: I think at one stage you're even being a tennis coach is uh, what what do you love about tennis and is there a tennis player on the circuit that resembles you as a chef
0: um yeah i used to play a lot of sports like uh, i think um you know uh there was a karate place near our house so i would go to karate uh, uh to be particular uh to be specific but um did a bit of that obviously basketball throughout school years my dad really loved baseball like somewhat like he was kind of almost pro or something so made me play a lot of baseball but um my mom, like, loved tennis, and um, when uh, my mom actually passed away uh, with cancer, bone cancer, when I was young, and then my dad decided to let me play tennis for my mom, and then I just played a lot of tennis at the time, like, like competitively throughout um, uh, junior time, and, you know, I was, I was playing so much that, you know, like, I was Northern Californian ranked. I don't want to say the number because it wasn't that high, but like, just, just like, like just playing a lot of tennis and um, yeah, like it just, I just loved the game. Like, I just thought it was uh, really, um, it it, it teaches you patience, but then, you know, like at that time, I didn't understand it, but like, think about it now, like just, it, it makes you a fighter. And I think it's important to be like that uh, mentally and um, yeah, I coached. I coached for like, n- like not full time, but like obviously, like just kind of part time here and there. Um, and yeah, just you know, like I, I love the game. I- thinking about the pros, uh, I-, I don't know. I'm pff, like I-, I like Roger Federer. Like, who doesn't, right? <laughs>
1: Uh, Not that long ago, um, before the pandemic, you opened a restaurant uh, with uh, Melbourne chef Victor Leong in Sydney, Chuka. Can you tell us about that cuisine and and how that collaboration came about?
0: Yeah, so um, I think we were in Melbourne with my team uh, for the um, Good Food Awards for I think what? what year was that like 2017 or 18 and then you know Victor and I we spoke he came to my restaurants many times his sister worked for us like you know like just knew knew the guy well but I never actually ate his food so um you know we had a we had a group of i think like almost 10 and I you know I was able to try his restaurant and when I was eating it and he wasn't there he wasn't there that day he was like, I'm sorry, man, I'm not going to, I'm off that day, or I don't know if he was hangover or whatever. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, um, no, he, uh, he looked after us, and I was actually blown away. I never had anything like it before, and then the more I was thinking about his food after we had it, like, I was thinking, wow, this is actually very similar to my style, but in Chinese, like, like, I I didn't, I didn't know how else to kind of explain it to people. Like, 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 I just thought, wow, the way he manipulates the the flavors, I thought it was very similar to how I, how I kind of do it in Japanese. Um, And then, you know, that, that was always in my mind. And um, so, you know, we... The the star, I mean, it's a big company, but you know, the leaders are obviously there's only a couple of them, right? And there was a space that was opening up, and then you know, usually like, you know, I have these uh, meetings, and they were like, uh, I have this space, and um, and then I just like, hey, can I try something? <laughs> and then and then they're like, oh, okay, well, what do you want to do? And then I was like, can I open a Chinese restaurant? <laughs> and they're like okay that's good like you know and then and i was like but i need your help i need to team up with someone because i don't know how to cook chinese food and they're like all right okay that that's interesting and then um later on i explained like hey like um i want to team up with victor and then they actually obviously knew who he was and then you know they they said all right. And then, you know, like, like I came up with the plan and then I approached him and then luckily he said, sure. Like let's, let's continue on the conversations. And then uh, it, it, it just kind of worked. Like everyone agreed. And um, from there, like just, we were working mobily. Uh, We would fly to each other. Like, you know, there'll be disagreements on, on things like, you know equipment or you know or, or like just conversation that we just need to meet uh face to face so he'll fly i'll fly over there and we would chat and kind of like simulate the movements and obviously because i don't know the chinese uh how how exactly it works you know if it's a japanese restaurant it'll be a lot easier but like chinese he's t- he's telling me like there's a lot of like mise en place that you need to have this here and that and and then and then he showed it to me and he showed me the movements before he was open you know like in his restaurant and and then it made sense that okay okay so we can't have this or we need this here and 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 then um yeah like like i i i honestly wanted to open a chinese restaurant but also i wanted to learn chinese cuisine too myself and obviously you know it'll, it'll help my portfolio too right um and um yeah that, that that was pretty much it uh we our, our cuisine is chuka so that's uh chuka is chinese cuisine and japanese so if you go to japan and you eat chinese food it's all chuka and then it's you know like it's different it, i honestly think it's a better chinese cuisine than chinese but you know don't don't <laughs> don't yeah like uh, I, I i don't know what i'm talking about but like yeah like when i go to japan and i we eat like Kyoto, uh, like in Kyoto, like there's these old Chinese restaurants, and like it's fantastic. Like it's nothing like a normal Chinese restaurant, you know. So that was kind of the goal, um, and 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 um, yeah, I learned so much from from Victor. I feel lucky.
1: Can you give us an example of a dish or two which exemplifies the food that you're doing there, and um, and maybe a collaboration between the two of you?
0: Yeah. So. Probably the one of the simplest ones would be, uh, well, th- this this actually doesn't represent the true chuka in Japan, but um, when because I was opening a Chinese restaurant, I went to China. I went to China my first time ever. I went to Guangzhou, that's the south of China, uh, Shanghai to understand their type of flavor it's it's a bit more sweet and and then i went to uh chandu where they're like the the like the, the the capital of like spices like spicy food and and like mapo, mapo tofu and things like that i wanted to try like the traditional stuff and then i went to hong kong and you know you eat all these fantastic cantonese food but victor's like i'm not doing no cantonese food so i was like okay all right uh i love cantonese food why why we can not he's like oh, we're not doing cantonese food. we're doing we're, doing not, we're not doing continuous food, so I was like, okay, cool, that's out of the question. but um, you know and, and then like you know go to Hong Kong and and, and, and even in China like the goose was so good, like the roast goose and and, I, and goose here is uh, very inconsistent, it's super expensive, hard to get like and then, and then and then I was able to kind of manipulate our sauce and the way we present our duck. To make it taste more like goose, so then I will put like cherry blossom essence into our uh, a sauce that Victor uh, perfected, and and you know like he tells me Liho uh, Fuchs sauce is much better, but um, like you know I'm like okay that's fine, you don't have to give me your your real you know 20 year recipe, but let's let's try to make it more Japanesey, and then um, and yeah like I, I fell in love with what we're doing, like it it just tastes more like what I wanted, you know, in in the direction that I wanted. And then, um, and yeah, like we kind of wanted that 50-50, 50% 50 Chinese, 50% Japanese. And then, and then throughout while we've been open, we were able to kind of go in both directions. You know, we can make it more Chinese, we can make it more Japanese. So like our menu and our palette was just like, it can go so much to both directions. And it was really fun. Um, and again, like, I think my palate bit changed a lot, um, ever since in open Chuka, like I was more, uh, simple and light and, uh, you know, like, let's say I don't eat too much spice and not too much flavor, um, with like spices and things like that. But I think my palate's changed a bit from, s- since then, like, I think I know a lot more about Chinese cuisine and their flavors and, and, um, and I think because of that, Sokyo got even better too (laughs) um and yeah like just just uh, i think our duck is very delicious we have um our menu changed a lot ever since from uh after covid but before that like we had our our style of mapo tofu that that um that was all vegan like like literally we had no meat in there we used like sun-dried tomatoes five-spice tofu and like like fermented things to make it taste so meaty, but it's all veggies. And um, you know, I, I had like a, an American, Japanese, Chinese twist with like my yuzu chicken, my deep fried chicken, and 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 and, uh, and a lot of things like that. Like just, I feel um, we were we were um, kicking butt. <laughs> and obviously, the view the view really helps.
1: Well, tell us about your food. At Sokyo, can what's your interpretation of Japanese and, and how do you start from uh from the beginning of a dish and create something new?
0: Yeah, so well when I opened Sokyo, my number one concern was how can I convince a Japanese person to like my food? Because, you know, like Particularly Japanese people, they love th- authentic and just traditional. They really, really love that. I love it too. Like my, like I know for sure that, like, if you ask a like a Japanese guy from Japan, they would say, "Don't mess with tradition." So that was always in my head. Like, how can I? Because I can't. I'm not going to be doing no traditional. Like, like, like it's actually harder like because like you know people have been doing it for years and you know i have this like couple of years experience like how can i how can i come even close you know but like my stress was how can i make a cuisine that's like like with australian produce and a twist but even japanese people will like and that, that was my thinking all the time when i was creating new dishes and um I think, I think, um, the, the, the trick for my, for me is, you know, like, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting produce here and, you know, people, whoever's been, you know, living in Sydney for so long, maybe they don't think like, for example, like Morton Bay Bug is, um, something special. But like when I first had it, I was like, man, this is so like, what is this? Like, it's not a prawn. It's not a, It's not a lobster. It's just, like, somewhat kind of in in between. Like, the flavor is so strong, but the texture is so soft. So, like, so then when I did it into, like, tempura, deep-fried, it's just, like, kind of, like, it's so light that you're almost, like, eating, like, a crispy cloud, you know. and, and, and And then, like, and then it would be simple. Like, I'll just have, like, a little simple dipping sauces on the side. And then, so then... Uh, when you eat it, like if you didn't put the sauce, it's super traditional, but then when you dip it into these sauces, it just, it's, it's traditional, but with the twist, you know, like, it's like one will have like a sweet and sour type flavor. One will be like just savory, but has this element of like, just like a kick and, and you know, like just, I, I would, I would, I will marry my style of flavors with traditional techniques Like, but traditional techniques are really hard. So, you know, and then, you know, you have new people working for you all the time. So, like, you really need to kind of think about how can we make this recipe into a bulletproof recipe where we're not going to have any issues making mistakes and things like this, you know. So, yeah, like, man, I'm actually parked outside and the police just stopped by. (laughs) God damn it. What is it doing? all right whatever um but yeah like and, and then like for example like um you know i have a i have a binchotan grill so then you get that really nice natural flavor from its own fat like when once the fat starts to drip from while you're grilling like it'll, it'll, it'll instantly smoke because the binchotan's is so hot and it'll, it'll like naturally smoke itself so like another thing would be like lamb or lamb chops japanese people don't eat lamb like they just don't like it I don't I don't think they're they're just scared of it you know but then I will make a sauce with like miso and try to let them like enjoy it like just just un, like they're familiar with the sauce and then and you know like they, they, they usually just accept it and then I will secretly have Vegemite in there too so they like Vegemite too now yeah, you know, like just, just kind of mess around and play around like this, like just you know that that vegemite that I add, it gives it that touch more bitterness, but then that that umami that comes through, it complements the miso. And then you know, and then I'll, and then I'll add my little American twist, like maple syrup and things like that, to just make it a little sweet. Or I'll do some plum wine reductions in there, and you know, and and and, and things like that. And it just like we we would do a lot of trial and error. Um, but overall, like we would we would think about how it actually eats, and you know, like Japanese people again, they love everything that melts in their mouth, so like i 'll have to use particularly good cuts in the beginning, and then slowly i 'll have techniques where I can get like a like a little bit of a tougher cut, but then I could still make it a bit softer than than most people would serve it, and then you know and and and, and you know, like that—that that, that was kind of the—the the goal here. Like, like I want everyone to like it, even the Japanese people. Like, when if you do something not traditional, particularly from that that country, they would not like you. They—they they think you're just fucking it up, you know. And and honestly, I didn't want to be like that. Like, I did not i i knew the cuisine. I worked in it for many, many years with my dad. I understand it. I love it. I love it. I want to respect it. But how can I still have fun with it and? and 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 that's why there's a lot of thought that went through, I think, and um, even now like we're just kind of tweak tweaking things like my my sushi rice, for example, like we still don't have a recipe, like it's just I just can't standardize it yet, like just the rice changes all the time throughout the season, so I have particular blends, you know, depending on the season, how much water, or how much time I have to wash, the temperature, and you know, like just we're just. We're just never happy, I guess, you know, we just, we just never think it's perfect. So we just have to keep, we just have to keep, um, trying to make it better. And, 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 and it's interesting, you know, every time I go and check, it's somewhat different. And then like, sometimes it's actually really, really good. And I'm like, Whoa, this is so good. Who made it? What, (laughs) what, what did we do today? And they're like, no, this is exactly the same way we did it last week. I'm like, what the hell? Why is it so good today? Like, is my tongue messed up or, you know, like, so yeah, like, you know, like you buy things, consistency is the hardest. And, and I think we always fighting and driving for that. And, and, um, it's fun. Like it's, it's just, it's just something to keep our head going all the time.
1: Well, Chase, you didn't really know Australia and you didn't know anyone when you first came here. And uh, now you're one of the most important, uh, operators of Japanese food in Australia's uh, culinary landscape. Um, We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds. I feel like we could do another episode. We might catch up with you uh, in a couple of months' time and get some more stories from you. Um, Please keep in touch and we'll talk again soon.
0: Thank you very much. This is the
1: Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at Stay safe and be well.